0: Today's a new day. But there is no sunshine. Nothing but clouds. Well, and it's morning in my heart heart. And what like an amazing sky. way to begin a Saturday morning with and among you. That invitation that it is much better when we smile to see all your faces and your hope on this Hollywood Square screen. So, I want to thank our special guest this morning for framing our time together by inviting us to smile and to reflect the joy that we're called to carry even in the midst of all that we carry outside. So welcome to this, what I hope will be our final virtual Fall Fest ever (laughs) Uh, because it is so good to be together in person. Um. Our Fall Fest, as you know, is part of our Ministry and Leadership Incubator, our initiative, our framing as a presbytery to encourage and equip one another because this is one of those events where we learn from each other. This year, we've chosen to do this differently. And in collaboration with Art Lilly Initiative, Cultivating Enough in the Care of Clergy, which is really a part of our saying, how do we cultivate enough in the care of one another, especially as we um, continue on this wilderness journey through this part of the pandemic? I will have to say that this morning, Mm -hmm. I am thrilled to have with us again, a friend of our presbytery, a colleague and personal friend of my own, the Reverend Paul Roberts, the president of Johnson C. Smith Seminary. Reverend Roberts has become a national voice on the conversation about theological education and its relevance for creating leaders in the church for a time such as this, and recently has become an important critical conversation partner in what we're calling a transfer of wealth as this generation of saints um, begin to go from this life to the next, what will we do with uh, concrete assets that we have remaining, how will we reinvest them for the church in a way that sustains, gives possibilities um, to a faithful witness in 2021 and beyond. It is really good to have him with us. And as we hand over this program to him, we're going to invite our moderator, the Reverend Ashley Rossi, to open us in a word of prayer. So it's good to have you all here. And I am sure we're going to have an extraordinary morning.
1: Ashley. Morning, y'all. I'm joining you uh, live from uh, a hockey rink. So (laughs) I hope it smells better where you are than it does where I am. it's mostly just feet and sweat. Paul, we are so honored to have you and thank you for that amazing introduction and a wake up, put a smile on my face. Holy and gracious God, we are grateful for some time this morning together to renew our spirits in community, to look forward to a word that you have for us and to be just refreshed, In this moment, this has been a challenging time for everyone, for clergy, for our families. And uh, we thank you for Paul. We thank you for what he has to say to us this morning. May it enliven our spirits. May our hearts be open to the message that he has for us. And may you bless him uh, for being uh, the voice of your spirit among your people. May our time together be sacred and holy, and may we leave this place uh, better off than when we started. In the precious name of Jesus, amen.
2: My remarks are centered around the notion of the power of the redirect. I am enamored with Moses. And one of the reasons for that is because... Um, in the um, early part of his ministry he says to God I can't talk Uh, I don't want to talk I don't speak well I don't do groups Um, and so can you get somebody else God And I, 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 I click with that because, um, and, and here's my testimony. I'm an only child. I was born to my parents when they were um, around 40. They, they, doctors had said they weren't gonna have children and uh, along came Paul. And therefore they were very doting parents. And we were a trio, uh, inseparable trio as a family. Um, And they anticipated their only son uh, uh, extraordinarily well. So in my growing up, I didn't really have to ask for what I needed so much. And uh, it was a small family, very close-knit, just the three of us in a small two-bedroom, one-bathroom house in Bradenton, Florida. And so larger settings were uncomfortable for me, uh, particularly when I did not um, um, know the people in those larger settings. Very, very difficult for me. Um, I excelled in school and went to a high-end college. You may have seen that in my bio. And uh, here's my personal confession about my college experience. For four years, I sat in those high-end classrooms, and I didn't say a word. Well, uh, the exception was I could speak when called upon. So if the pressure was on and the professor called me out, then I could find a way to say something. It may be nonsensical, but I could find a way to say something. But in most settings that uh, required more uh, casual interaction, I could not speak if it was more than five or six people. I just... The, the, the anxiety of all of that, the fear, the nervousness, the doubt, um, it was just all there. And so I went through four years of college. It's, um, it's pretty miraculous that I made it through. I went through all four years of college. Um, I, I learned a lot, but I went through four years sitting in those classrooms
3: thinking to myself, dang, I can't speak.
2: And so to open the pages of scripture and see this amazing servant saying to God, I can't speak. Get somebody else, please, just really spoke to my heart and continues to speak to my heart. I also resonate with Moses because um, his life is a... uh, uh, an example of this whole notion of redirection. I mean, from the very beginning, he's born. He's born um, a Hebrew, and he's raised as an Egyptian. That's a powerful redirect redirection that happens. He's born as one who is in uh, a a member of an underclass and he is raised in the household of the upper class, underclass to upper class. And he is one who has, um, you know, this, um, probably the, the, the place of where he was born was like an adobe hut.
3: And he is raised in a palace. Forces beyond his control seem to
2: act upon his life and change the course of his trajectory from the very beginning of his life all the way through to the end of it. And then as a young man, he's he's, he's living the privileged life, Um, easy street, Uh, and then something happens, he is provoked uh, in a moment of passion or rage, he commits a crime, and suddenly it's easy street no more, yet another redirect. No more easy street for Moses, he's a fugitive, He flees the palace, he flees from Pharaoh and takes up residence as a nomad in the hill country of Midian. Yet another redirect happens. And we read about it in our very first lesson. It's that burning bush thing. He sees the bush. He's curious about the bush. It defies what he knows about the way the earth works. What he knows about science is defied. He goes to see, he hears a voice. He's told, he's standing on sacred ground and um, um, it is revealed to him that he's got a purpose to serve. And it is not merely shepherding the flock of his brother-in-law, Jethro,
3: it's a redirect. We're all subject to these, right? It's not just Moses.
2: I don't know how many of us are there. So there are 33 of us this present this morning. And there are 33. If we're honest, there are 33
3: versions on this theme of redirection.
2: With your pen and paper right now, take a few minutes and identify moments in your life where you have been redirected by forces beyond your control. And and, and you might refine that a little bit identify moments of redirection in your life that have been brought about by what you are identifying as cosmic forces. You may or may not uh, be entirely satisfied with what you have written so far. I encourage you to use what you have on paper now as a starting point for some significant
3: um, journaling, chronicling, and prayerful reflection as we prepare for the advent season. And friends. We are living
2: through one of the most, I believe, significant upheavals in
3: history. So political extremism globally is having profound impacts on nations and states and municipalities and communities. And there is the issue of our climate. And we are about two years in now to a global pandemic. I work in education and higher ed, for sure. I think education across the board is facing extreme upheavals right now.
2: And we're seeing so many changes in the way we communicate and function and do our business and carry out our lives. We're even
3: seeing regular people um, engaging in space travel, whoever thought. Phyllis Tickle, who wrote The Great Emergence. Um,
2: Um, suggests that every 500 years the church faces a a major upheaval of its own, a reformation of its own. And I subscribe to that view. I think the church is absolutely being reformed, not in the casual, warm, touchy-feely, easygoing way that uh, many Presbyterians um, describe when we use the word reform. I think the church today is being reformed, formed formed again, formed anew. And if that's true, it has uh, tremendous implications for those of us are called to serve it and so i want you to go to your pen and paper again and reflect for two minutes write down for the next two minutes on how you are dealing or intend to deal with these upheavals with these cosmic forces with these redirects in your life and ministry. Lesson three in today's liturgy reads, the Lord said to Moses, when you go back to Egypt, see that you perform before Pharaoh all the wonders
3: that I have put in your power. And turning still or keeping your pen and paper before you. Reflect on the question What wonders has the Lord placed in your power? And how are you performing them? What wonders? Has the Lord placed in your power? And how are you performing them? And friends, be bold. Now is not the time to be timid or modest. Be bold in identifying the wonders that God has placed in your power. And finally, friends, consider with me this question. Suppose all of this, all of this redirection, these upheavals, are actually a build up to your own transfiguration. There are um, stories,
2: news stories in uh, various outlets and organs about clergy today and the exodus of clergy from their pulpits and from their denominations and from their pastoral identity. In my own circles, I encounter these stories uh, month after month after month of
3: clergy who are just worn out and beat down and exhausted. And maybe some of us here today
2: are experiencing some of those uh, circumstances, circumstances and tensions, I don't know. But consider this, in your, in your ability to persevere, in your ability to endure, in your ability to serve, in your ability to flourish in your current ministry context. Suppose all of this in, 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 as a subset um, of the upheavals that are happening around uh, this globe that are beyond our control. Suppose all of this taken together is really the platform by which you achieve your own transfiguration. And what would that look like for you? Please continue to reflect on these questions. Write liberally. Be bold and very courageous. And let us prepare our hearts and minds now for the joyful feast of our Lord. Thanks to all of you for lending yourselves
3: to this, uh,
2: this time
3: and this worship. God's people. You look so much better when you smile. So smile. Now, every day ain't gonna be perfect, but it's still on me. Today don't have purpose. Come on. Today's a new day.